everyone's joking about there's no sports to watch, so you go back and watch old games. And honestly, I wanted to go back and watch Jaguars' two games versus Pittsburgh in the 2017 season. Just kind of like reminisce over all these players on defense that we no longer have. Oh, don't do that. Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley, uh, along with Ased. Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm good, man. It feels good to be back. We are back. Season two. Kind of. We are indeed back. We are indeed back after uh, the Jaguars 2019 season, which did not really include any 2020 action uh, as they watched the playoffs from home. Uh, We're back here with another season and looking at all the things that have happened since the last season ended. We've got a ton of stuff that's going on. Um, We're in the middle of free agency right now. Uh, We have the, the draft coming up. Uh, there's also been a lot of talk around the town about uh, the Jaguars moving uh, a second home game to London. And when I say around the town, I mean the like metaphorical like Jaguars fans town, because neither of us actually live in uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> but it does affect us. So, yeah, man, what have you been up to? Life sucks without sports. I'll tell you <laughs> that with everything going on. It's been it's been rough, right? Yeah. No basketball, no hockey. I don't watch baseball, so that doesn't really affect me that much. But it's just a weird feeling, isn't it? It is. And one of the things with sports being gone, it's like it's like the classic equalizer. Like you can we can usually deal with all our, you know, political like tensions and geocultural differences through sports. Take it out on the field. And now there's no way to take that out. And everybody's on lockdown at home with uh, no sports to watch. So I don't know if the ESPN 8... That's the worst part. The Ocho cuts it or not, but uh, I imagine it's been a tough time for those that were expecting to watch March Madness around now and the opening of the baseball season. and MLS, got to put in a plug for MLS, my beloved FC hey. Dallas. Yeah. Oh, March Madness, dude. That that That's actually like tragic because I love March Madness. I live for March Madness every year. I did so much college basketball watching this year, so I was prepared <laughs> for my yeah. bracket. To make it perfect this year, and it's all gone. <laughs> but but still sad for the you know the actual players. I'm not. I don't feel bad for myself. I feel bad for the the athletes, the student athletes. Yeah, and for myself. sure, for sure. But I mean, I don't know. To be fair, uh, I think an aggressive lockdown is really important for fighting the spread of the coronavirus, the novel coronavirus. Uh, it's tough to reconcile with, and a lot of people have gone through, we've all gone through like stages of shock. Like each day is like a freaking year now of like political (laughs) decisions and procedures and, uh, protocol and all this kind of stuff. So it takes a lot of time getting used to, but we were, I mean, I got the news when we were up here in Boulder, Colorado. So at the university where I'm doing my PhD, man, man, oh man, oh man, uh, It, uh, we were on the basketball court as they announced the first uh, Corona case, which was someone who apparently like serves food in one of the main dining halls. Um, and given as we were out there playing oh, basketball boy. and you saw how quickly the virus spread among NBA players who just happened to play against each other like an, on a night. Right. That, right. Um, you know, it was pretty obvious these even these places like like gyms. Right. Would be like a, a breeding ground for the virus. So it's probably best they uh, they shut that down. A lot of sweaty bodies touching a ball. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. Didn't it seem like the NBA, like, were you watching that night when the Rudy Gobert thing happened? Uh, it was like I, a Wednesday a couple weeks uh, ago. When they when they actually stopped the games, when they were like, 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 like Mark yeah. Cuban like, almost broke down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that that whole night it was just it was such a weird night wasn't oh, yeah. it it was surreal it was just and and then like yeah 10 minutes later they're like yeah so the season's over it's like one or two of the stadiums <laughs> the announcer just said like hey tonight's game has been canceled thank you for coming <laughs> all, like, all calm. like due yeah. to due to your health or something yeah some weird weird kind of deal it turned things too in the country because you know when people realized tom hanks you know celebrity and then you know nba athletes are getting it just a huge part of yeah. american culture everyone's like oh shit like this is real you know i thought it was sometimes it term. takes something like that to kind of jolt you to reality like you have to see someone that you care about or some famous person uh or you know a relative or a friend to make it real for you and for you to do your part to not spread it um so it was like i think it was a classic case with you know with the aids epidemic that ronald reagan didn't really take aids seriously until one of his close friends passed away from aids so now we're seeing these nba players kevin durant with coronavirus and it's really hard then to say like oh it's a big you know government conspiracy and screw them i'm gonna live my life you know right like now it becomes something on a more personal level Hmm. yeah Uh, so do you know what it's what's going on over there in like florida and jacksonville you know for people listening because you know you know how we have it here we're you know we have the stay at home thing here that just started but are is florida like in lockdown like we are what's going on over there yeah so i don't i don't really know i've got some you know elementary school friends i mean they're not in elementary school now they're they have, uh, since growing <laughs> up let adult lives <laughs> you're really bizarre <laughs> yeah i got some friends over at uh you know university christian uh, i was chilling um so no i mean i, I don't really know i think i always heard hold it as this whole spring break uh return of people that were on spring break that are going back to their home states now it would be interesting to hear from people in the Jacksonville area what's going on. Um, I do want to take this moment to uh, mention our Twitter handle. This is a pretty new Twitter handle um, uh, for the Drunken Jaguar podcast. It's called the Junkin Dragwar. <laughs> um, so that's the handle, Junkin Dragwar. Um, you can find me, Bentley, at uh, Weld Brown, W-A-L-D-B-R-O-W-N. Asad, what about you, man? What's your handle? That Young Asad. Very creative. That I, I made, made it like in high school, so don't make fun of me, okay? Yeah, but de- definitely go follow the page, uh, the Junkin Dragwar. Tons of followers on there. <laughs> hot page. We're, uh, we're hot setting page. records. Yeah, we have yeah. We, we, our exponential following curve matches that of the coronavirus right now. Very true. So. Spreading. Uh, other thing, man, that's so Corona has been traumatic for us. I mean, you know, it's every day is a, a new adventure now. Um, but another thing that was traumatic and surprisingly so to me, because I didn't really think I would be this emotionally moved by someone I've never met, but uh, Kobe passing away. I mean, we haven't had an episode since that. And how did, how did that hit you? Oh, that was, it was tough. I'm, I'm a huge basketball fan. It's, I guess it wasn't my first love. I guess football was, but basketball I fell in love with and it just took over my life. And I grew up a huge Tracy McGrady fan. So if you follow basketball, they're, you know, they're rivals basically, but I, had so much respect for kobe and it's especially different here in denver especially in colorado you know with all the kobe stuff that happened if if you're aware you know he had the whole you know the rape trial here so people in denver did not did not love him he was booed here up until 
No way. He's like last oh, wow. year. Yeah. Every time he touched the ball, he was booed. Wow. So it was not yeah, the relationship with Denver and Kobe. It was, it was kind of weird, but it hit people hard. I was in the grocery store, man. And like, you know, my girlfriend, she's just, you know, walking around. I was like, Kobe died. And I was just like stunned. I was just standing there. Like, I just wanted to like cry because and this is like our generations. This, this is our hero. You know, it's one of the best basketball yeah. players to ever touch the floor and so young. And then knowing that he was with his daughter made it probably a hundred times worse, you know? <sighs> yeah, no doubt. It's heartbreaking. Definitely heartbreaking. No doubt, man. Um, my, my mom actually te- texted our family WhatsApp group uh, with the, like this like, really solemn sentence of like, Hey guys, um, Kobe Bryant died today in a helicopter crash. And I, I couldn't believe it. Like it took so long to register and then after that time, there was all this stuff about uh, who was with him in the in the copter. Was it uh, the, the copter, the helicopter, the chopper? <laughs> <laughs> who, the chopper. who was with him in the copter? Uh, uh, you know, Rick Fox is Rick Fox alive? Like all this shit. Like is his, was his whole family right. with him? Um, why did the chopper crash? Like why did the helicopter crash? Uh, and there's all these stories about the fog and um, something happens with some pilots. They they think that we're like. You just lose your sense of orientation. Why? They, why were they going so fast as well during that time? Like, um, they, I think they essentially they like they dropped to an extent, but they also just like ran into a cliff, like to like a or like a sorry a mountain, like a, a small sort of slope. Right. So it's a really bizarre, really bizarre uh, occurrence, man. But man, people were pouring out grief from all over the world. I was in Jeddah and Saudi Arabia at the time, back for this uh, film residency thing. I was in this intercontinental hotel five-star hotel thing sitting here just like random people from like canada and like lebanon and saudi arabia and uh india like everyone grieving and 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 it just showed to me like how global kobe was as a person i remember even in in chad uh when i was like a teenager playing basketball with friends man we would like same shit as america man same thing like you you put up a jack up a three and you yell kobe (laughs) yep so I think when Kobe dies, man, it just it reminds you of all those people that you've shared the the imagination of Kobe Bryant with. So I think that's part of it. Really yeah. sad, but it, it did bring people together and it was some yeah. beautiful ceremonies and tributes. Yeah, I, yeah. It, was, it was a shitty start to 2020 and it's only gotten worse. Yeah. Then we can all. It's agree only on gotten that. worse. Yeah. And now with coronavirus, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if. The NFL season is at least delayed. Um, one of the ideas with Corona is that uh, with a successful lockdown now for, and this is talking for several weeks, maybe more than a month or so, that that we might return to like a sort of a working lifestyle, and then and then go back to another lockdown the next time that it spikes. This is like one of the the side theories, whatever. Yeah, um, in the winter, we kind or of. We've in the winter was probably when it, yeah the fall winter. But we would just do this to mitigate the spread of the virus until the cures, like the vaccines that are being tested, are released. And so they they take the trial periods, like they have to test, do random tests, um, uh, randomized uh, tests among sample sizes. So among first, it's like animals, and then they move on to humans and everything. I think it takes like at least a year to 18 months to get that approved. So the idea is that we're going to be like mitigating this while trying to lead, quote unquote, normal lives. Uh, so we'll see how that affects you know the sports world. NFL season again. I wouldn't be surprised if it's 
starts late. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that serves not. the Jaguars. I really hope <laughs> not. <laughs> so let's talk. Let's talk Jaguars, man. It's a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Oh yeah, football. Let's, uh, That's right. Let's get on to part one here. So I've got I've got a question for you. Shoot. Um, Shad Khan. Shad Khan has been one of the main topics of discussion so far in the offseason with his infamous decision now to do a second Jaguars home game in London. Um, he's I've seen him in interviews saying things like like uh, we have to we have to win on the field and, and win off the field through revenue through through investments and, and a successful <laughs> franchise wins off the field too and and that's important for Jaguars fans to know. Anyway, people have been pulling apart things that he said. Um, got uh, was it Mark Lamping as well? Both of them sort of like trying to sell Jaguars fans on why a second game home game in London is so good for the franchise. And every time they do it, they, I don't know, man, I, I didn't think their PR was that bad before, but they just keep like messing it up, right? I mean, like you can, you can make an argument, you can apologize even, right? You can be like, I know this sucks, let's get through this, and there's going to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel. But to go out there and say, <laughs> to say like, uh, yeah, we're moving, and you should all be grateful, right? This is, this is awesome for everyone. I don't know how I, how I feel about that. But I wanted to ask you, what's your take on Shad Khan overall and also being someone who lives in Denver, uh, watching the Jaguars move a second home game to London. How do you feel about that? I mean, I feel for the people of Jacksonville and the season tickets ticket holders. And, you know, I've seen all this chat about, you know, they take away two home games or whatever, and the price of the season tickets barely goes down, you know. It just sucks yeah. for the dedicated fans that live there that have been going for years. It feels like their team is being taken away from them slowly, right? And oh, yeah. Shad is looking at it from a different perspective. It's just all ugly. This like it's like the season carried over, right? All this ugliness, and <laughs> it's now like it's just more like it's still happening. <laughs> yeah, it's just all bad. It's just all bad. Yeah. So I think people are kind of getting used to it. Like like this is just a shit show, anyways. You know. So, but. Yeah, it, I mean, it doesn't necessarily affect me, but I feel for the the true loyal fans because if it happened to like a team here, which it wouldn't, it would it would be hell. It'd be a riot. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm kind of similar. I, I I do think yeah, it's unfair to the fans that dedicate their money and their livelihoods to supporting this team. Uh, you talk about injecting, uh, you know, just a little bit more money into the franchise. Well. What about all the money that the city gets in revenue on each game day? What about all the all the salaries people make or the the the, the money they make working those games um, at the individual level as Jacksonville residents? So I don't buy that argument uh, at all. I think it's um, it's kind of a bizarre move. It's maybe more of a global branding move. What I can understand uh, after having spent time in the UK in the last couple of years uh, is that there is a there is a pretty big. Jaguars fan base in the UK now. I mean, they have, because they've been pushing the Jaguars as one of the teams that plays their home game in the UK for, what is it, five or six straight years now, that they're straight up Jaguars fans. I shared the story before where I ran into someone with a Jaguars beanie on. I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm like, whoa, man, you know the Jaguars? And he's like, yeah, well, it's only my favorite team. I'm like, well, okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to step on your toes, buddy. You know, Duval, goddamn. But it's not the but, same, uh, though. <laughs> it's, it's not, not the, the same, same, though. It's not the same. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
So, so to say that like, oh, it sucks for all Jaguars fans isn't necessarily true because there are Jaguars fans in the UK that will go and attend these games for sure. Um, I feel like they probably have a marginalized voice right now because they can't say anything. They'll get they'll get uh, assaulted by all the like you know new coalitions and and stuff that are trying to fight for keeping that game in, in Jacksonville. But on a personal like selfish level, yeah, I'm the same as you, man. I haven't lived in Jacksonville since I was in elementary school. Um, hence all my former elementary school friends spread <laughs> former spread around the world. And then, man, when I'm like in Sudan or like Saudi Arabia, dude, it's nice to have those those uh, GMT time zone games, be able to watch like during the day on a Sunday. It's kind of ironic because Sunday is often the work day in many of those countries um, based on kind of like an Islamic uh, calendar, I guess you could call it, or like yeah. where the Friday is the first weekend day. So, so I kind of like finish work and then like turn on the game. Um, depending on the actual time, GMT. But yeah, crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. So I think at the end of the day, though, like we got to give our support to the Jaguars-based fans. I mean, for both of us, we have memories tied to the Jaguars um, from their early days when the franchise was was an underdog to even be a franchise. And so to kind of abandon that seems like it's a betrayal to what the team has stood for. It is a betrayal. And it seems like Shad has like a little plan in motion that, Mm-hmm. he doesn't want to tell people about you know you could feel it yeah. I think that's, <laughs> oh, I think that's what sure. people are getting a sense of you know they're like okay I see what's going on here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he like in interviews like yeah well that's why Lot J Lot J will play a role where and he's like already like flinching his eyes and shit and his feet <laughs> are like moving uncomfortably and everything it's a good impression you have of Shad by the way I like it thank you i i have a very americanized accent that i project to uh convince the right wing football fans of america that i am a true american <laughs> maybe you should do shod's diaries this season instead of Taven's. and uh <laughs> we could we could switch to shod diaries especially given the the oh sorry my my uh i'm receiving calls here Busy? Oh, one second here. Uh, I'm a little, a little busy, man. A little busy. I don't know. It's that like Corona busyness. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Next, I want to move on a little bit here. We've got also the idea that uh, the Jaguars are are they're going through a rebuild. I actually had it as a question, and now I think it's just kind of redundant to even ask that question. Like, there's a total rebuild right now. Um. We're we're releasing. We'll talk about this in a second with free agency. We're releasing a lot of players that had a huge cap hit. Um, we're signing players to kind of like cover the gaps in the in the meantime to where we can put 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 out like a like a kind of competitive team. But otherwise, we're focusing on youth and we're accumulating draft picks like like they're the cure to Corona, man. We got like shit ton of draft picks right now. I love it. Though. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing I do want to ask you, though, do you love this, that that with all this change, Doug Marone as head coach and Dave Caldwell as general manager are still retained? How do you feel about uh the the dd team still sticking around i mean nothing we can do about it for one and if we've had some time for it to sink in you know and i i get the feeling that people actually like doug marone kind of like as you know his personality and who he is it's yeah. just you're not getting the results you want you know and everyone wants that you know that offensive head coach and this guy is like a defensive guy and he's a former offensive lineman and you know so we call in jay gruden well we called him Filippo <laughs> first I don't, I don't know it's it's just a mess but i i feel like doug marone this is definitely his last chance i would say yep if it, if it doesn't work out this year it's not gonna work out for sure 
I mean, dude, they, they, they interviewed Doug Marone on the uh, Part of My Take podcast. And I think they were, what are they saying? Like, they were joking around with him about how many months he thinks he'll be around next season. <laughs> yeah. Until, like, Jay Gruden gets appointed head coach. They're like, no, but let's be real. Let's be real. Come on. How many how many months? How many months? And he's like, I don't think about those things. I just go out there. I do my job. All right. I get my, get my uh, was it Philly cheesesteak? What's this thing? Hoagie something? Uh, uh, some, bologna some sandwich. sandwiches. Bologna. bologna sandwich. My bologna sandwich. I eat my bologna sandwich. I do my job. Uh, all right. You know, if they keep me around, they keep me right. around. If they, all right, <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know, dude. I don't know. You were talking about the rebuild. My kind of theory is nowadays, I don't really believe in rebuilds necessarily. Okay. Especially okay. in the NFL, because um, I feel like every team has a chance every year, and nowadays you see a team rebuild in quotes, right? But it's like for yeah. a year, and then the next year they're at a playoff level. Like, yeah. for example, like Buffalo, yeah. they let go of Tyrod. They were in rebuild, right? And they got Josh Allen. Sure. But they were supposed to be in rebuild. And then they're in the playoffs sure. all of a sudden, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. especially with, like, the quarterbacks that are coming out of college these days, they're really good, like, straight away. You don't need them to sit behind somebody. And these rebuilds are really short. Like, the the Rams. Oh, what are What are some other teams? There's a bunch of teams. That you think are going to yep. rebuild and they don't. Arizona, you thought Arizona's going to rebuild, and now people are like, "Oh, one year rebuild last year." We think yep. they're cont- like they can win now, you know. So yep. it happens. It happens really fast. So I don't like count the Jaguars out. I don't like to say we are rebuilding necessarily, but we are taking. So I think a smart route to this. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I mean, like, an, an optimistic side looks at the talent we have, the young talent we have. On offense, we already have, theoretically, right, assuming these people stay committed and stay in shape and everything, we've got potentially QB running back, uh, at least two receivers that are all, like, major upside. I mean, like, you, you, I don't see much criticism for those uh, players and keeping them on the roster and kind of building around them. On the defensive side... This is where <laughs> you know, there's like the depressing lists of, of like all the all the starters that were on our 2017 team. This is two seasons ago, theoretically, right? Like 2018. Yeah, yeah. two yeah, seasons ago, the, all those starters they're all gone, with the exception of Miles Jack um, and I guess Avery Jones. If Avery Jones was technically a starter on that defense, maybe Yannick. We, we're gonna see what happens with Yannick. So that's that's a little tough to swallow i mean that really was a collapse um and i that you know that defense had so much like swagger but also like ego that maybe it was inevitable i mean if you have people i mean yeah you've seen like how freaking toxic some of these players get um just like with everything's about money uh everything's about themselves like if you're not worshiping me and paying me like the top salary for my position in the nfl then then like who am i to you know f with you right like i'm gonna take off whatever and I don't think that Jalen was the only person with that attitude. And even to Jalen's credit, like it sounded like he really got uh, t- talked to in a in a freaking messed up way by Coughlin and maybe some other members of the personnel. But anyway, but yeah, so that that like egocentric defense, I don't think that's sustainable to begin with. But to see all those players depart so freaking fast, man, it's kind of traumatizing oh, as well. They're all gone. But yeah, they huge egos and honestly at that point i'm like i just give them the wave goodbye peace yeah. see ya if you yeah. don't want to play here whatever you know like Jalen, 
sure they're gonna trash their jaguars that's cool but bye same same with yannick you know like all this twitter shit and posting yeah. you know all these pictures like oh the finish line oh i'm leaving oh blah 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 it's like all right dude just calm down like you got franchise tagged if you if you leave if we trade you then buy you know these pass rushers oh, yeah. they come and go to i love yannick but you can't make someone stay that doesn't want to stay you know yeah. it does no good yeah but um in boye and calais's case if you want to jump to that you know obviously they're gone now too they mm -hmm. they gave kind of nice farewells to jacksonville and the team and the organization and stuff so i thought it was like a classy way to leave off for them no doubt compared yeah, to they the both others. got nice send-offs the jaguars like instagram handle gave them little tributes and everything um calais had that what he had like that like walk off or not walk off like it's like you know pick six or something was it or the fumble recovery I can't remember fumble yeah last uh, something like that fumble recovery yeah 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 so that's that's nice but uh, yeah man they definitely I mean neither of those players really had much drama and, and quite the opposite actually in Calais's case he was definitely a, a rock kind of a cornerstone for not just the defense but the team overall so yeah. to see him go is a is a huge loss especially after winning that Walter Payton Man of the Year award and. Um, being in the Pro Bowl for like a was like a third consecutive season for Jacksonville, that was some stability that we're we're definitely gonna miss now. But if you're getting rid of high salary cap hits and moving towards future pieces, then at some point even Calais has to go. They did the right thing. So it just but just sucks it, for it us. Suck. They, did, they didn't both come to Denver so we could see them more. Right? <laughs> Calais yeah, is from Denver. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I thought maybe there was a possibility. But Calais, to me, I thought he was kind of you know. He's going down and not up anyways. You know, he's getting older and stuff. We're going to definitely miss him in the, as a locker room presence and stuff. And, you know, his PFF grades are off the charts every yeah. year. So, oh, yeah. You know, that means yeah. he's, like, really, really good, you know. When PFF says it, it means you're really, really good. <laughs> they're, they're looking at the intangibles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They see everything. So, And Boye, so, I, I thought Boye was really struggling anyways. but And I don't mm -hmm. think he's a number one corner. So, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. He was getting paid a lot, too. And he's in Denver now, sure. which he, hopefully he does well here. Sure. Good hope. So let's, let's move on to the defensive additions. I would say, uh, for, with the exception of, uh, uh, is it Tyler Eifert? Eifert, Eifert, Eifert how do you pronounce it? Tyler Eifert, man. Eifert, Eifert with the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apparently not big enough. <laughs> so other than uh, Eifert, we've got, Largely defensive free agency signings, including one, Darquise Denard, who was a cornerback for the same team, for the for the Bengals, who apparently um, recently didn't actually reach final contract terms with the Jaguars and has now returned to free agency. So he's off the list right now. But that also leaves uh, <laughs> uh, Rodney Gunter, uh, defensive tackle, defensive end from the Cardinals, right? so from Calais Campbell's uh, NFL alma mater. Uh, Rashawn Melvin, cornerback from the Lions, he's been around, um, I think it was a six teams in eight years. And we've uh, seen and him then, a lot. Yeah. And then uh, I think probably our, our biggest, our most high-profile defensive addition is Joe Sherbert. Sherbert. <laughs> I always say Sherbert. Jesus. I love, I love me a Sherbert. <laughs> Joe, Joe Tangerine Sherbert, uh, linebacker uh, from the Browns. So how are you feeling about each of these players? And you may have some others to add to that list. I didn't mention a few of the more filler signings we've also made, too. 
well, damn, that, I was like, those are the only guys I had written down. But Woods and Gunter are obvious needs. You know, they are run stoppers. They're big boys playing on the line. Put anyone big in there. Because if you watched one Jaguar game last year, you know we cannot stop a run to save our life. It was ugly, like watching the run defense and the pass defense. The whole defense was ugly to watch, in my opinion. But moving on from them, um, this Joe Schobert guy, this guy is yeah. a stud. I didn't know much about him. I did some research last night, watched some highlights, watched some videos. I don't know how long he's been in the league. I don't know much about him. I usually know a lot about these you know, players that people don't know about. But this guy is a stud. He's actually a true middle linebacker. He can cover. He can cover. Yeah, and he's got a few interceptions on the year. few interceptions. He had a game of two picks against Pittsburgh. It was Mason Rudolph, so that doesn't really matter. But he makes <laughs> he makes plays. He, it seems like he's always in the right place at the right time, which I love players like that. He's getting picks. He's forcing fumbles. He's getting sacks. He can cover. He can tackle. He was up there in tackles last year, too. So he's a tackling machine. I really yeah. liked what I saw. Of course, you know, when you see him – actually play you can point out the negatives because you know when you watch those like tapes or those highlights you know they don't show them up they just show the good parts of them (laughs) but you know you know so you can't really like assess the bad parts there's there's no like 10 minutes of joe schobert blown coverages yeah blown coverage exactly which i would actually like to see because it's important actually it's almost more important than their highlights you know miss tackles (laughs) yeah Yeah, his miss tackles exactly so i was like so you can watch anyone's highlights and be like, oh, shit, this dude is amazing. Because you just saw their yeah, highlights. true. You know? True, yeah. I so, got some flag uh, football highlights from uh, undergrad. <laughs> I don't want to brag, but there was I was taking off some 40-yard runs right there, man. It is your top plays. Yeah, my flag fell off one time during a run, and they called it dead. Uh, and then they, they apologized. Apparently, if your flag falls off, someone has to then at least still touch you, like your body. For you to be down or, so or pick up the flag no not none of that you just had to touch your body anyways um yeah this this guy's he's really good uh i don't know if you got to watch like some of these videos i was impressed but like i said we'll see like in live action stuff there i mean the browns defense wasn't that good to begin with anyways but he really stands out actually for schobert to to perform at his level amid like a, a mostly mediocre uh team is is pretty cool. It's pretty impressive. And hopefully like to have a little bit of momentum, maybe not this year, but the next couple when some of our new draft picks, you know, mature a bit and, and they start to develop some team chemistry. The hope would be that we could get back to a more dominant defense um, based on chemistry. And and I think Schobert, to me, like the first comparison is Puzlovsny. And this is like that ah. someone in another podcast mentioned as a cerebral middle linebacker who's making the right decisions and able to communicate. That's something we've missed since pause. I don't know how you feel about that, but that was kind of my no, take. I, I like it. One more big free agency move for the Jaguars. Then we can transition to the NFL as a whole because there's been a lot of movement. I mean, it was it was really weird. We're going through Corona lockdown and ESPN reporting NFL free agency, free agency was acting like nothing had happened, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, there's news all over the place. But uh, my my last free agency move that I want to cover, can you can you guess who it's about? I'm guessing Nick Foles. You have guessed correctly. Nick freaking Foles uh, traded to the Chicago Bears for, was it a fourth round pick? I believe so, yes. 
and they pay, and they also they split the salary. Um, I would say like a, a sizable portion of Jaguars fan frustration over the last year, um, pretty much since Foles went down and Gardner came in and had Minshew magic and, and a very impressive un, unexpected season. And then especially when Nick tried to come back off the injury and was not able to put together a win and eventually was was benched after, what is that, like several consecutive three and outs and turnovers and stuff, I guess, versus the Buccaneers. One of the biggest like portions of fan frustration has been uh, Nick's uh, salary cap hit and this realization that he's he's not going to be the savior that he was for the Eagles in their last couple seasons. Uh, and then we're sort of anxious about how to get rid of him. Um, there's been all these scenarios about like even matching Yannick in a trade to get rid of Foles, like throwing Foles on that trade to get him <laughs> off uh, else, elsewhere to where a team could pick up at least like some of his salary, um, take him off our uh, salary cap to an extent, right? And then to like turn around and not just get someone to pick him up, but to to offer us a, a draft pick for him. Freaking brilliant. And how, though? How did that, how they do that? I have no idea, but all I can say is I'm so glad he's gone. Because, you know, there was like a bunch of interest in him. You kept hearing, oh, people have interest in Nick Foles and blah, 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 which I don't know mm. why. It's kind of weird him going to Chicago, though, isn't it? Like, do they have some kind of plan in motion as well? Is he going to back up there or is he going to start or is it they going to let Compete Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky kind of ride it for a little bit until he fails? Well, I he's feel got bad some for familiar Alan faces Robinson. there. DeFilippo's there, right? Is that where he went? Dude, this is a very important fact check right here. DeFilippo, Chicago Bears. Offense coordinator? Or is he like a quarterback's coach again? I think he's QB coach. Oh. Yep. Crazy, right? I feel bad for Allen Robinson once again. Like, can someone get that man a quarterback? Yeah. Even though I think he would play good with Nick Foles, to be honest. Yeah, at least Nick can keep it in bounds, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Gardner is our starter. But now I'm hearing like whispers of like Cam Newton and stuff, which is another topic because, you know, he hasn't been picked up yet. And people are like, oh, Cam Newton to the Jaguars. And that would make me literally sick to my stomach if that happened. Not Not a big fan of him. Well, yeah, Cam's thing too. Like the guy is a superstar, uh, superhero even. Some would say. He's dealt with immense injuries since sort of like what we could now call the peak of his career, MVP season, going to the Super Bowl. Uh, So it seems like Cam would just be a case for disgruntlement because he would get to the Jaguars, probably get injured. Same shit will happen again. Gardner comes in, (laughs) leads the Jaguars to – more victories than Cam got, and then then he, Cam wants to come back and whatever. It doesn't seem like a very productive scenario. And like you said, the Jaguars really appear to have thrown their whatever the idiom is, like their their whatever their chicks in the barn, eggs the, in a basket, eggs in the thing? stack, or is his, as is in a basket, whatever said? one of these. Yeah, 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 one of those. Um, and uh, behind Gardner, right? So, so th- this guy's our our starting quarterback now um, we have really had nothing to lose this season. We've, we already have that sort of like, whether it's accurate or not, you're debating it earlier, but like whether or not we're a rebuild or not, there's 
low expectations, which is an awesome setting for someone like Gardner to come in and uh, kick ass, as he would it's say. Perfect for him. Um, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, and to have to to then like threaten that with another potential starter QB, uh, it seems like it's going to add unnecessary uh, drama and a lack of good chemistry and cohesion in the locker room for next year. The freaking weird thing was how Nick Foles is like was acquired. I would say. It's like Calais Campbell, right? Like you talk every time Jaguars fans, every time Jaguars, you know, team personnel, media personalities, whatever, talk about Calais Campbell. They always say Calais Campbell, not only is he a great football player, a proven football player who's been to the Pro Bowl, blah, blah, blah. He's a great person and he's awesome to have in the locker room and he's a mentor to Josh Allen uh, and to all these other younger players. That's why we love him. You know, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That's why we love him. That's why he's here. And you can see that. He's a rock for the defense. He's a he's a cornerstone uh, on the, like, psychological level you can build around. Right. And I think Nick was was actually brought in with that as one of his reasons. And they kept on saying, you know, even the whole, like, justification for overpaying for him when there wasn't much of a market back in uh, offseason 2019 was that, no, this is the right person for us. This is the right person. Not, like, just, like, talent or potential or clutch uh, playoff play or whatever. This is the right person to help lead our team and all his rhetoric about like cohesion and uh, good team chemistry and keep keep on working, keep on working on everything. All part of, you know, God's plan, all this kind of stuff. Um, it was really interesting to see that washed out by Gardner Minshew's <laughs> just like <laughs> boyish, like, let's go out there and play some football, kick some asses mentality that like everybody freaking loves. I like that way <laughs> more. Know? I mean, that I was the chemistry needed, though. That was the chemistry. That's what you need. I don't need all that. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, my gosh, like, God's like, plan. We have a plan yeah. in motion. We're going to do this, man. I'm just we want to win like f- metaphorical. Yeah, we want to win yeah, football yeah. games so we don't our fans don't cry themselves to sleep every Sunday like we did last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man so anyway it's so it should be should be promised to be pretty interesting now and Foles is gone that's a huge relief i think i think to me that's like the that's that was probably the biggest moment where you realize whoa like fresh start and in an optimistic way like even if the jaguars go like four and 12 next year but they show talent right four and 12 would be would suck pretty bad, That'd be but bad. <laughs> let's, let's say a little bit a little bit. That's, that's what our projection right. is right now, right? Like the betting. I think we're like the bottom of the league. But let's say we go a few more wins than that, and they're exciting, just like they some of the ones were with Gardner at the beginning, but also the end of the season last year. It'd be pretty cool. Like these teams that kind of tank, like the Dolphins tank throughout most of the season, but then like you put together like like a winning record in the last like eight or seven or eight games. Uh, to me, it seems kind of promising. Like, okay, next season might actually be better. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? we'll see, but I definitely think it's steps in the right direction, like you were saying. Having Gardner there, no pressure, you know, no potential starter behind him, no Cam Newton. So that would definitely mess things up. So so I wanted to shift focus to free agency around the NFL. You had some notes. Um, I remember you were super excited, man, when we <laughs> had all these, like, uh, updates as to who all is getting moved around the I league. I love free agency. Uh, what are some of the most impressive free agency moves for you uh, outside of the Jaguars? Well, I guess we could start within our division. And actually, let's... Uh, should we start this? Okay, we got to. DeAndre Hopkins is gone. How <laughs> weird was that? How, what was that? What the Dude, there's hell? like some bribe. There's some under-the-table action going on That there, made man. me feel better about the Jaguars, honestly. Because, you know, we're a shit show. And, like, the Texans are, like, yeah. doing some... You know, they're taking some notes from the Jaguars. They're turning their thing into a shit show, too. Oh, beyond Jaguars. <laughs> yeah. 
beyond. They traded their best player. Bro, I bet you I bet you Dave Caldwell, like paid Bill O'Brien paid them to do that shit to where he can look better. I I wouldn't put it beyond. They they took out of the Jaguar salary cap and like slipped bribes around (laughs) here and there to like make the Texans look like idiots. They look really stupid. (laughs) No one like that was just one of those moves where you can't even justify it. Like, oh yeah, we got we got this guy, we got this. No, no, you lost DeAndre Hopkins. And we don't have to deal with yeah, that. Yeah, and now Deshaun Watson yeah. is like vocally disgruntled and wants to leave. And he's like he's like a betting favorite to be the Patriots starting quarterback yes. next year. What he's the hell? Lyrics like, about, it's just, look he at all traded this. his boys and he it sounds like he's out of there after next year. Out. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> what the hell? It's like if the Jaguars reached a point again in the playoffs and then like suddenly they just trade away like one of the cornerstones of that team for like no known reason. How damaging that would be for the team. For an overrated running back, too. For their psyche, man. Yeah, for an over, not even starting. He was like, uh, he had already been like, what do you call it? Like DC unseated or whatever as the starter. It was just, yeah. um, it was just a great move. Just a great move by the Texans. I get DeAndre Hopkins out of there, help the Jaguars out. <laughs> hey, thanks, Texans. Which the, the weird thing about all this was, was to me the digs. Stephon Diggs getting going to the Bills and how much the Vikings received mm. for him. Do you see what they got for him? They got a haul of picks. They get first yeah, round. I believe they got a first round. Yeah. All kinds of crap. And then DeAndre Hopkins for nothing. And I think we all know DeAndre is better than Stephon Diggs. You know, they're both really good receivers. But DeAndre's you know elite, elite receiver. You know, top three, top four, whatever. The, the Cardinals are spoiled after having Larry Fitzgerald oh for so many goodness, years as well. I know. And then it's going to be both of them. They got young guys too. They got Christian Kirk. They got, they've been drafting <laughs> receivers. They are loaded. They're going to be good, I think. Yeah. Quick. That would be exciting. I, I really want to see a Kyler Murray, uh, Gardner Minshew like rivalry. That'd be cool. Uh, surfacing. I would like that. Not a huge fan of Kyler, but yeah. I, he's good. And he can throw the ball, and he had he had a better yeah. season than I expected last year. So they're they're trending trending yeah, in that. Not as good as Gardner. Yeah, but, yeah. not as good as Gardner. Yeah, do you see Gardner apologize for that? <laughs> I don't think he talks sense. It's insane. That's so He's crazy, like, you know, I shouldn't man. have said that. He's like, maybe I should just worry about myself instead of you know hyping myself up. No, dude, you can say say whatever you want. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, because yeah, they because there's a bias. There's a huge bias against them for being a late late uh, round pick, despite like a prolific uh, last college season. Right. Right. He's like second in the uh, division one and passing with the help. So anyway, other big ones. It'd be exciting to watch how both of those players yeah, develop. Definitely. Other big ones. I got you know Tom Brady. We can we can touch on Tom in Tampa Bay. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Um, it's just it's gonna be just different. You just can't imagine him in a jersey other than the Patriots for me, you know. And Tampa Bay just seemed like a an odd landing spot, I guess. Like Tampa, what the hell? But the San Francisco trade with Jimmy G with Garoppolo, I, I was I was buying. That I was buying that too. Brady's from the Bay Area. Yes, he is. And Patriots fans largely are like Jimmy G fans, right? Like, so they largely like the guy and. You know, he seemed like a, that would be an interesting. That would have been interesting move. That that seemed very possible. Yeah, it, it did seem possible. But they, you know, they believed in Jimmy G. So I kind of had a feeling he was going to stay. I thought he was going to go maybe to the Chargers or something. But Tampa, I mean, they're going to be good. He has weapons now. Like 
lots of offensive weapons. Don't know much about their offensive line. Their defense isn't that great. Their secondary is trash. I'll just say it. Famously, Philip Rivers has departed for mm. another division oh. rival, the Colts. Uh, how do you feel about that? He's one? on the Colts now. I kind of like it though. Philip Rivers, you know, he has he has no no mobility, no mobility for Philip Rivers. I feel like you can get to him easy. He makes a lot of mistakes. Who knows how he'll do in Indy? They don't have weapons necessarily either. So, I think I'm I'm okay with that, and I think the Colts are going to be mm-hmm. not very good. Any other major free agency moves that that you find interesting? Yes, uh, quickly, a couple of running backs. Todd Gurley is on the Falcons, and then Melvin Gordon to the Broncos. Oh man, running backs are just, running backs are just weird, right? Because sometimes they come into the league, they have one or two good years, maybe three, and then a lot of them just fall off, or some of them have a sophomore slump, have a good third year, and then they fall off, which kind of frightens me you know, going forward because, you know, Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. But I love Leonard. I think Leonard Fournette, honestly, is going to be a top five running back for like every year for the next three, four, five years. I really do think that. Whoa. Damn. Wait, so you think you're on the side of the Jaguars should like offer him a huge contract? Not huge because running backs, you can throw anyone in there. But, and also I am. But I mean, Ezekiel Elliott just set the precedent, like fly to Cabo for three weeks, come back and, and get a record setting yeah, deal. but on the other side of things, Melvin Gordon sat out last year, and what did that got him? Literally nothing, right? Nothing because he he barely got paid in Denver, yeah. really. So he he messed up, and mm. I had a feeling they were going to go with Eckler anyways because they were like, oh, okay, well we put an Eckler, and he's doing just fine. So so Melvin Gordon, yeah, he did it the wrong way, I guess. I don't think Fournette would do that. I don't see Fournette doing stuff like that though, like holding out on a team. I just don't. And if he does, I'm going to be extremely angry. I'm a I'm a big yeah. believer now, Leonard. I think both of us became, you know, yeah. more, you know, we started to like Leonard a lot more because of his maturity and yeah. Running backs is just it's a weird position. Uh Gurley, you know, Gurley's in Atlanta, change of scenery. We'll see if he cuz he got thrown the bag as well. well well, Gurley, yeah, Gurley highlights um, another mismanagement team that that Caldwell is probably slipping twenties to to make him look better. But now the Rams have gone from elite Super Bowl contender with like upside, right? Like a ton of upside. Like you have young talent that you can just build around. It, it would seem to now all these like you know monstrous contracts and Gurley's probably the the most uh, obvious one that you can't sustain. Um, and even even their move for Ramsey, they just sacrificed two first round picks, and I don't know if they're going to be really contending next Good. year. So what was that move for? Yeah. Right, you're going to offer Ramsey a ton of money now to stick around and essentially like bolster a mediocre they, team. They like all of a lot of that a lot a, of players. that was a mismanagement. They like all of a lot of players. They the Rams are like the weirdest team in the league to me. Like I just don't understand where they're going or like what their plan is. I, yeah. I I don't understand them at all, but yeah. So he's gone. Uh, Dante Fowler's gone too from there. I guess we could uh, throw that in there as a free agent too. Where did he, he went to Atlanta or something like that? Right, dude. Isn't that amazing? Dante Fowler went to Atlanta and got a got a nice contract. Like Dante Fowler, to me, is one of the most interesting stories of someone who didn't get their kind of like you know fair cut, fair share, whatever during the Jaguars time. He had to compete against Yannick basically, and, uh, you know, Calais and, and whatnot. Um, 
he had some upside for us on like big playmaking moments, right? Like forcing some fumbles and sacks and whatnot. But overall, disgruntled uh, gets shipped out to the Rams and performs a lot better, just like fits in better. And then now he's been, I guess, rewarded for that and is is like a major piece for the Falcons defense. And I, I, lo- I love the story. It's a weird one. Like a lot of Jaguars fans won't be too happy with this, um, that he, he was kind of, a, I guess, maybe not intentionally, but he was kind of a nuisance for the team in terms of the drama that, that, that was associated with him. But like props to the guy for for like believing in himself and still going out and, and performing and, uh, you know, establishing his name. Uh, as a legit pass rusher in it the worked NFL out for him after having such a tough start. Yeah, it definitely worked out for him. And, you know, he, he's got his playing time. And I'm pretty sure the Falcons um, ditched Vic Beasley, too, one of their pass rushers, their, maybe their best one. So he's going he's gonna to mm-hmm. be out there. We'll, we'll see what he does. I had saved this for last because he's one of my favorite players in the league, is uh, Darius Slay went to Philadelphia. Ooh, this yeah. was like, a long time coming yeah. that he was gonna get booted out so i think he's one of the best corners in the league i would call him one of the top three uh a lot of people don't talk about him just oh, he's like glue wow. just great great cover corner yeah watch tape on him um he actually gets a lot of picks too I've always like I fell in sure. love with him like a long time ago actually, and then I just like always focused in on him, and I was like, this guy is really fucking good. So I've just been a fan, you know. It's not like I watch him every game, but huge fan. And Philly will be a really good fit. Philly's been dying for like an, an elite corner because their secondary has been just terrible, mostly corners. You know, they last year when yeah. all the all that injury bug hit them, they had no corners either. They literally like Jalen Mills was hurt, who they just re-signed, and then so they're playing with nobodies at corner. So this is that's a big move for them, I think, and he's going to make a difference there. And yeah, yeah, I know he's talented. I, I listened to the I've been digging the Mina Kimes show recently. She had a she had a kind of a joke, but maybe it's true that his his name alone Slay like leads to more value in the free agent market. I think that's why I like <laughs> him just in the like, first place. He, like, sick he's name, got, man. He's got a presence <laughs> just based on his name, yeah. And she was actually saying that Yannick Ngakwe probably gets underrepresented and, and under, you know, talked about in free agency uh, or in the NFL as a whole because of the difficulty of saying his name, which is hilarious. I, I love that we have a player named Yannick, Yannick Ngakwe on, on the Jaguar. I, I, I had a friend, like a basketball friend growing up, even in Chad, named Yannick. Oh, did you? And like suddenly there's a Yannick Ngakwe <laughs> on the, yeah, on the Jags, man. Yeah. It's a last name they can't pronounce. We're going to move on to our uh, final section today. Looking ahead, uh, of course, the, the biggest thing coming up is the NFL draft. Um, but associated with the draft are sort of questions of the Jaguars' future, how they're going to manage that future. Um, what are they What are they really like? Sh- uh, looking at strategy-wise for the next year and beyond? So one of the things I want us to keep in mind is this idea that with the with you know, a lot of fans disappointed that Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone are still around, if we are truly in a rebound, um, what 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 stakes do they have individually? So a lot of people say, well, we already joked about the whole uh, Marone getting fired midseason thing, but are they really are they really in like a prove it year? Because I feel like they've been in a prove it year for the last three years, um, and then uh, also are they are they like 
knowing that they might get fired or or not are they humbly setting setting aside this like future young team for the next people to come in and take the reins or or is actually this part of their strategy to stay maybe they've talked to Khan and and they actually have convinced him that you know they are the rebuild like they will be around for another three or four years or something which is, which is very interesting to chew on but i want to start us off with a question about the draft um with uh, one of the arguments we hear all the time is Caldwell has repeatedly messed up with draft picks. Um, one of the, I'd say the most recent high level pick was Taven Bryan that people just like can't get over. Um, and uh, all respect to Taven Bryan. <laughs> That's our pod, boy. Right? Front, of, front of the pod. Front of the pod. That's our boy. That's our boy. Um, you know, this is a, yeah, it's pretty easy to say. Yeah, it's a pretty big miss, right? Coming off this like super successful season. You're trying to just fill some holes in the defense, and you can't even do that in the first round. Um, I, I I look for stats on this. I don't know if there are have been stats compiled. I couldn't really find anything. But when I listen to other teams talk about their drafting, they say the same stuff. They're saying the same, same, it's same, true. same shit. Saying that their GM can't draft if his life depended on it. They say, look at all these misses we've had. Look at this first rounder here. Look at this first rounder here. They retired after two seasons. This person got cut after a season. This person got traded, whatever. Um, and, uh, and then even the hits, like, you know, these third rounders and first rounders and second rounders that really turn out to be superstars, they don't really give credit to the GM. Um, and I, I think like, I bet, I bet Caldwell, if you were to statistic, statistically compare him to other GMs, I don't think he's really doing that bad at all. I'm sure like the hits and misses are similar around teams around the NFL. It's, it's kind of a gamble. Like the way a lot of people talk about the draft is a gamble. Like literally you're going to sort of cast your net and see what, what fish you get. Um, I think the Jaguars thing is mainly that they just can't retain the players, right? So you exactly. got people disgruntled. They don't want to stick mm-hmm. around largely because of the team culture. And probably Tom Coughlin was a big part of that. And they, they take off. So, uh, so yeah, I want to ask you, do, do you think Caldwell is a bad draft after my big biased lead? I know, right? <laughs> do you think Caldwell is actually a bad drafter? And then um, do you, how do you think the Jaguars – compared to other teams in the draft on a year-to-year basis? I mean, in my opinion, I do think we we draft pretty well, and then, you know, everyone ends up leaving. You just go back to Blake Bortles' draft. Yeah, maybe maybe that was a miss, right? But we also got Allen Robinson. We got Marquise Lee, who was a bust, but Allen Robinson was good. Mm-hmm. Hearns is undrafted. But there's just tons of players like Yannick. What mm-hmm. a steal, right? Was Yannick was a steal. Yeah. Josh yeah. Allen was a great pick. Best available. No one thought we were going to get Josh Allen. And we still got we still got Jawan Taylor the next and round. Taylor, we thought we were going to get first round. Which is huge. And yeah, because he was projected to go top 10. So I think mm-hmm. Dave Caldwell has drafted well. We got Jalen Ramsey. I mean, that draft was huge. He turned out being, you know, an elite corner, like one of the top players. And Tampa Bay, a couple picks later, drafted Vernon Hargraves. You know what happened to him? He played in Tampa. He failed. He went to Houston uh, l- this last year in like the middle of the season. And now God knows where he is. He got signed somewhere else. I can't remember where. But, you know, I think we draft pretty well. It's just you got you got to keep your players. And I think that's part of drafting, though, in a way. Like, you want these players to stay, right? It's, it's different in the NFL compared to like the NBA and NFL or – NHL and stuff, but you got to keep your players. You got to keep at least the really, really good ones, because you you got to build off of something. You keep the right ones. Keep the right ones, or else you're just gonna keep this rotation up. You know, the same old thing of just 
drafting good players and then they're going to walk off on you. Like in two years, we're expecting, or three years, we're expecting Josh Allen to be gone, right? Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of shitty to think about. It. People are buying jerseys and shit. You want to keep the right players and then manage in a way that you can maybe move on from the wrong <laughs> players. And Blake Bortles is probably the, the biggest example yeah. of that. And I mean, we, we got rid of him. So. It just took maybe a little too long but it didn't because in between when we were about to give up on him he wasn't like you know playing at an elite level but you know we went to the afc championship game so you can't just let go of someone after that you Mm -hmm. know it just wouldn't make sense it makes no sense so it's important to keep your players and i think going into this draft i think we'll draft pretty well again hopefully and but the goal has to be to keep these players in comparison, like on local radio here in Denver, they trash John Elway for his picks, you know, and yeah. how he picks his quarterbacks in particular and just <laughs> players because Denver does not draft that well that I can think of. I mean, mm, they got Garrett Bowles a couple years ago. He's been a, just a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, he was supposed to be a really, really good tackle. Cortland Sutton was one of their really good picks who's developing into a like a really, really good mm-hmm. player. But usually they fail on their in mm-hmm. their drafts too, you know? So I think we do a yeah. good job. Just keep the damn players. So how do you think the Jaguars are gonna use this draft? I mean, what do you what do you think like what do you think the theme is gonna be of the draft? Um, and how does that impact the next season? I don't know what we're gonna do in the draft. All these mock drafts and shit, like yeah, I like look I love looking at them. Just you know like the next person that are just fun to read but when it is draft day like a lot of that is just thrown out the window and i usually look at projections like mm-hmm. you know mel kuypers and todd mcshay's while they're drafting it's like oh well this team was supposed to get this guy but they got someone else and that impacts literally every team behind them right so your mock draft is like almost mm-hmm. thrown out the window because one guy went to a different team get shot right? yep. so and then it mm-hmm. changes everyone else's thing and then this team wants to trade up now because the player they thought was going to get drafted didn't get drafted. So we're going to trade up. So you can't look too deep into mock draft stuff. I don't know exactly where we're going to go at this exact moment. I don't, I think Isaiah Simmons is out of the picture and stuff. And then all like all their draft, like draft stock changes mm-hmm. up until the day of the draft. Like Jawan Taylor, for example, yeah, I know. he was supposed to go top 10 yeah. and he yeah, ends exactly. up going in the second round. A couple years ago, Laramie Tunsil was supposed yep. to go like top five, and he has a gas mask video, smoking, getting high as hell, out of uh, nowhere, right? Like on uh, draft day, that shit just comes yeah. out of nowhere, and it changes the uh, whole draft, really. So, do you think that? Do you think that if the Jaguars uh, fulfill their betting potential and get four or five wins, that Caldwell and Marone are gone, or do you think that they have a, a free card again because they're rebuilding? No free card this year. It's they're, I mean, you got to put this shit to a stop. And like I said, I don't necessarily believe in rebuilding. And I don't appreciate you tossing out those four wins over and over again. It's, um, <laughs> it doesn't sound too good in, in my head. So, wait, wait, so you're, this is some, this is some, like I said, like, uh, optimism right here. So you think the Jaguars can be contenders this next season, basically? Like anything short of like 10 and six, maybe winning the division. Nine, nine and is seven. Be a letdown. Come on, just give me nine and seven. <laughs> you can do it. You can. Nine and seven. Okay, I gotcha. I see. I see. I see. If I read everything correctly, it happened weeks ago. But there's gonna be seven playoff teams, 
in each conference opposed to six. So I think it'll be same format, just an extra wild card is how it would work. So you're still your four division winners and then your third wild card. So for example, in the AFC, I think Pittsburgh would have got in as a seventh seed. So then your matchups are your your number one seed gets a bye, correct? And then your your Ooh, then your one. two seven plays, your three six plays, and your four five plays. And then yep. you know you get three winners out of that, and then the one seed plays. I'm getting yeah. you, you know how it goes after that. At home yeah, yeah. versus whoever. Like okay, the worst I, I, out of yeah, that. exactly. Against right. the worst yeah, seed yeah, yeah. from there. And the second place is second worst seed. Yeah. Exactly. But seven teams, Whoa. it's a huge difference in the NFL because you know, as sports fans, you know that in the NBA, eight teams get in in a conference, right? Out of 15. So that's almost half, right? Yeah. And in hockey, same. You know, almost half the teams get in the playoffs in your conference. But in football, six of the 16 get in, which your your percentages are way lower, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's tough to mm-hmm. make the NFL mm-hmm. playoffs. It is not easy, especially with only 16 games. <clears throat> so, I mean, this is a huge difference. And it could... It could help the Jaguars. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So we could be a seven seed. And this means like maybe nine, nine win teams have a chance of getting in. And even in uh, in like a shitty year, an eight win team can get in the playoffs, yeah. you know, at eight and eight. Yeah. Well, that happens in the NFC all the time. <laughs> so wait, so, so you're saying the Jaguars have a ch- chance at the seventh seed? Well, I'm not saying all that, but I am saying our chances are a little bit better. For 2023. 2023? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I'm pretty sure it does go into effect this coming up year. And then... In, okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And then happens. the next year after that, they're playing 17 games. Damn. So, which is a big deal as well. But the seven playoffs teams... Right. see is, how it is. It's game-changing, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. No, definitely adds more excitement. I mean, that I think some of the most exciting moments of the NFL season are those final few weeks when people mm-hmm. are, uh, the teams are getting reshuffled. In, and in the hunt. going to slip in the playoffs. The, the in the hunt graphic comes up hunt. and you're like, holy shit, the Jaguars are still in the hunt. The Jaguars are in the hunt. Yeah, yeah. Week yeah, four. Th- if we could be in the hunt at Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving. That, would, that would really be transformative. Yeah, I saw a funny uh, yeah. tweet about that from a Jaguars fan. They're like, hey, the Jaguars can show up in like the in the hunt graphic for a little bit longer now with seven playoff teams. <laughs> yeah. But it's six, definitely a game changer. And especially uh, going forward fighting for a one seed, it makes a difference as well because only your first seed will get a bye <laughs> opposed to your first two. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's oh, a big deal. It's a huge deal. Which is, which is not going to be the Patriots this year. Finally, look, they might even get in as a seventh seed. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe this benefits the Patriots. Yeah, that that's why they actually made this rule, so the Patriots could make the playoffs again. But yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting and a <laughs> good change. I think I don't know if people like loved it or not, but I liked it. Seven out of sixteen teams. This seems a little more fair, and it makes the last couple weeks more exciting. It makes the playoffs more exciting as well. Nice. So, um, it's been a great episode. It's great to catch up with you, man. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. We need to get back on. It's season two. We're coming back with uh, some new energy. Some new, well, we haven't discussed anything, but hopefully some new shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Season two of the Drunken Jaguar. Just a reminder to everyone to follow our Twitter handle, at Drunken Jaguar. 
uh, and, and stay up to date with our latest episodes. Uh, I'd like to thank you for joining us. This is me, Bentley. And me, Ased. Uh, thanks, guys, for joining us. We're going to have a lot of fun this season. And go Jaguars. Go Jags. Like uh, where where's your roar at? Pitiful roar.